0: Well, hello, friend, and welcome back to the podcast. As always, this is your host, Brayden, and today we're going to go through a little bit of a philosophical topic, and this episode is titled, Are You More Fucked Than You Think? As you know, the title of the podcast is called Unfuck Your Biz, so sometimes we need to do a little bit of an audit, but what I really want to talk about in this episode is why people make the mistake or rather why it is a mistake to think about things in a vacuum, specifically when it comes to legal and tax topics. Now, before we get into it, I don't want you to stress out too much when I say, you know, is your business more fucked than you think? We're not necessarily talking about, you know, risk of imprisonment. Okay, so everyone take a deep collective sigh of relief, um, unless you're committing like very serious um, tax fraud. Okay, we probably don't need to worry about that. But are things slipping through the cracks that you're not aware of, because you're not thinking about things holistically enough? That's more of what I want to talk about. So like I mentioned, people often do things in a vacuum, and that just doesn't work. Here's what I mean. Business entities, so like whether you should have an LLC or an S corporation, that is both a tax... And a legal question, right? So LLCs serve a legal purpose. They help give you liability protection. S-Corps help save you tax dollars. So it's kind of, you know what? I'm like, should I even mention this? No, I'm going to. I'm going to step out on a ledge and maybe piss some people off. I literally just got an email two days ago from another attorney that I follow. This is like a kind of a friend and and a colleague of mine, not someone I know super well. But they mentioned, you know, hire us for XYZ before the end of the tax year so you can get your tax deductions in. And if any of you have listened to me speak on this topic, you already know that that drives me absolutely bananas because I talk about how, you know, if you're in the 20% tax bracket, spending $10,000 is only really going to save you 20% or $2,000 on the thing that you're spending it on. Is that great? Yes, if you actually need the thing, but we need to do a deeper analysis on this. I call that your you know, like your tax promo rate. So think about it as like a discount rate that you get on everything that you buy. But in a lot of circumstances, if you especially if you're in a business growth mode, it might not make sense for you to spend that money in December, it might actually make more sense for you to spend it in January. If you expect that you'll be in a higher tax bracket next year. It's a nuanced thing, right? So it pisses me off when people give this blanket advice of spend money now so you can save tax dollars. Because A, that's just a marketing pitch for them to sell their services, first of all. But B, they don't even know enough about how taxes work to know that they're giving shitty advice. So, The point of the story is that this is um, a law firm that's like giving bad tax suggestions. And on the flip side, I see accountants and tax professionals all the time give really, really terrible legal advice. It's why you need to think about both of these things um, in combination when you are planning and making decisions in your business. Similarly, we also need to think about contracts holistically, holistically because contracts impact cash flow, and also impact your tax payments, your savings and everything else. So the way the way this all kind of comes together is really with your payment plans, right? So if you are collecting, let's say a client hires you, you initially talk to them in November, and then you decide that you're going to collect their deposit in December. And then the other payments are going to be due in January and February let's say your deposit's 50%. So 50% of that is now taxable in this year, 2023. 50% of it's taxable in 2024 if you are a cash method taxpayer, because you're going to report the money when you actually collect it. Not That's not really a huge deal. You just need to know that, right? But also it impacts how you're going to pay for things and save for taxes. So if you're taking 100% of the money up front, and you're not saving the money, and you're delivering those services eight months later, and you have costs that are going to come up for those services, that might put you in a financial pickle. Similarly, it's going to impact how you structure your quarterly tax payments. Contracts also have a huge impact on your cash flow when it comes to refunds. So if you don't have ironclad refund policies in your contract, then you can end up making refunds that are going to hit your bank account and cost you money. Additionally, poor bookkeeping really impacts tax strategies. So we have folks come to us who want tax advice or they want to book a consultation to ask us tax questions. And the first question I ask is, how much revenue are you going to have this year and what's your profit going to be? And most people have, no idea, right? So don't feel too bad if you're in a similar situation. But just know that we can't really give you a whole lot of tax strategy, if you don't have your bookkeeping done. So you probably have similar stuff with your clients. There's always prep work that needs to be done before you can adequately give people direction on what it is that you do. So to put this in more context for you, I think a lot of these things are similar to like if you hired someone to do branding for a new business or you wanted to redesign your logo or, or whatever, build your website, but you don't know who you're marketing to, right? Like, do you need something that's elevated, classy, sophisticated, or do you need something that's playful, fun, and whimsical? Well, that's going to be determined based on your own personality who you want to work with, what you want to charge, all those kind of details. Like these are the things that you would probably want to know before you spend a lot of money hiring a designer. Uh, Or it's like hiring a copywriter when you don't know your messaging, right? So... I actually need to hire a new copywriter soon. But when I hire them, I'm going to say, <clears throat> "Here's some of our brand messaging guidelines. Here's some buzz- buzzwords we like to use a lot. Here's actually the emojis that we use in our business. So if you can believe it or not, like there's a handful, we use the fist bump emoji a lot. I used to use the party emoji. We're using that one like less now. We use the disco ball emoji for the contract club. Like there's just certain emojis that I think people who follow me really closely, like if they see them, they might say, oh, that reminds me of Braden or the not your average law firm. (laughs) Um, Messaging also is impacted by, you know, again, what type of clientele do you go after? So you should have all this dialed in before you hire a copywriter. So it's similar when it comes to your tax and legal strategy. It's why we know uh, in our business that when people say, I usually only need to help with like blank, they definitely need help with more than blank. So, you know, this tends to give me a little bit of trust issues. When we uh, sit down to do tax returns, we ask for clients to give us their books. And one time, you know, this is pretty common. Um, I just had a call a couple of weeks ago and the person said, what are books, Right. And that's kind of on us, right? Because we need to be able to to explain, you know, what are your books, right? Well, ultimately, we just need a summary of how much income you made. And we need a summary of all of your expenses by category. Because when we file your tax return, we can't just say made $100,000, spent $30,000. The IRS wants to know specifically where that $30,000 went. Did it go to marketing? Did it go to advertising? Advertising and marketing are really one category. Did it go to travel expenses? And if so, what are, are we talking about hotels, flights? What is it? Like We need to know those details in order to do the tax return. And that's what we would find in the books. Um, I'm not here to shame, but when we give uh, quotes for tax returns, we ask about the bookkeeping. So you need to have that done, or you need to be prepared to pay us to do it, right? Another client we had last year politely declined bookkeeping services after we did the tax return. So they hired us to do their tax return. Then we pitched them our monthly bookkeeping services. um, And they said, no, I I can't really. It's out of my price range. No problem. Totally get that. So we gave them a spreadsheet, the same spreadsheet that we provide inside of our programs. And we said, here's what you need to do. Gave them like a little five-minute loom video. And they came back the next year, no books bookkeeping still was not done. So then in order to do the tax return, we had to charge them for a year's worth of bookkeeping. So they ended up paying for that service anyway, because they didn't do it themselves. But they didn't get the benefit of having their numbers on them throughout the year. So Um, this is kind of an issue where there's multiple things happening, right? So people think, oh, I only need tax services, but they also need the bookkeeping services. I also had a situation a few months ago. This one was, was painful to me. I don't know if there was a different way that I could have handled it, but I had someone come to me and they ended up joining our legal membership and they had multiple client refunds like being requested at the same time. And these were like fairly serious legal issues. Like these folks were threatening to sue. These were for like $50,000 contracts, two different, like two different $50,000 contracts. I'm rounding, you know, client confidentiality. I'm not going to give you too many details. Um, But it became clear to me, like I got all the contracts, I got all the communication. There definitely was some like culpability on both sides by both parties. The contracts were pretty weak, especially for how much, uh, how high ticket of a service this was, right? Like you can have a pretty simple contract if you're doing like one, $2,000 services because worst case scenario, you know, it's like a small claims issue. But this was, you know, kind of a serious problem. And these contracts were not good. They were confusing. um, They were contradictory. And it was really unclear what services were being delivered for the money being paid, when the services would be due, whether it was happening in stages, and um, long story short, on that one, we don't do litigation in our law firm, so we can only help folks up to a certain point. But we do mostly transactional work, where we, you know, write contracts to help with these problems. And I suggested that we rewrite the contracts. Like we need, we needed to take the time to really pick apart the services figure out what the timeline looked like and write the contracts accordingly. And those services were declined. The client didn't want to move forward with that. And I, you know, in the back of my mind, you know, you can only again put yourself, you know, think about your your own services. There's probably many times where you told a client, hey, we need to do this. They declined. And then you just knew in the back of your head like this is just going to cause a huge shitstorm down the road. But there's only so much you can do about it. Um, And then obviously, like we talked about client refunds earlier. Well, now we're talking about in this specific specific circumstance, like $100,000 worth of money that would potentially need to be refunded plus legal fees. And that could have been like 50% or 30% of their annual revenue. So then imagine what that does to your cash flow, the financial health of your business, along with your reputation if you have people, you know, like trashing you on the internet. So lots of problems lots of problems there. Contracts are super important. And then I-, I mentioned cash flow issues. So that obviously the refunds create a cash flow issue. Um, we also, you know, <clears throat> when we have to give refunds or we have contracts that are not timed out well, and when I say timed out well, I mean tying our payments to our deliverables. So when you've done, when you've delivered 25% of the work, we want to make sure that you've collected at least 25% of the money. When we're not hiring all of that out well, you're not being adequately compensated for your time. It impacts the oh shit cycle I talk about a lot, which is like our back tax cycle, our credit cycle, like a a credit debt cycle as well, because you are accumulating credit debt in your slow seasons in order to put yourself through. And then when you get into your peak seasons, you're spending all that money. So then you don't have money in savings when the slow seasons hit again. This creates a very feast or famine approach to your business. We see this a lot with seasonal businesses. We see it a lot with launch-based businesses. So folks who have online courses that only launch once or twice a year. But we also just see it when people you know, don't have don't have drastic fast and slow seasons or busy and slow seasons, but they're just not really thinking about spreading their payments out or saving when they're not doing that. So this was a little bit of a rambly episode. It wasn't as actionable as some of our past episodes where I give you, you know, you like five action items for the specific topic, but it really is just meant to be thought provoking, right? So are you taking a holistic approach when it comes to the legal and tax stuff in your business because neglecting one can impact the other thing that you feel like you're doing really well like we need to be doing it all that's important so it's important really that we get all of it all of it set up Okay, so managing on an ongoing basis is really important, but you have to have a really solid system in place to begin with. So solid contracts, solid business entity, insurance, everything I talk about, cash flow systems, very, very important. Um, That's pretty much it for this week. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, I think we're going to get a lot of (laughs) these kind of rants I go on usually make really good social media clips. So you'll probably see the reels floating around after this episode, the TikTok videos. I'm sure I'm going to piss some people off as always and have, you know, some folks in my, I just got a TikTok comment. I'm actually, I'm going to open it and see if this person responded yet. I just got um, a TikTok comment right before I hit record. What did she say? So I did a, um, we posted a clip about like why you don't need QuickBooks, like when you start your business. And she was like, what are people supposed to do? do? Like do their bookkeeping with a pen and paper, like it's 1990. And I wanted to, you know, what I wanted to say was calm down, Diva. Okay. It's not that serious. We can use a spreadsheet. People fuck up their QuickBooks all the time. We don't want to see that. I'm getting wildly off topic now, but I'm sure we're going to get similar comments for this episode. Uh, it's okay. I welcome it. The engagement is good. It gets us more views. But um, if you see the videos rolling around, leave us a supportive comment. You know, it goes a long way. Let's people know that they should trust us. Very important. Also, leave a review for the podcast. Share it with your friends. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, make sure you're subscribed and stay tuned uh, next week because, as always, we're going to have an episode for you each and every Thursday. Thanks again, bestie. Hey there, before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.